you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Acts chapter 6 this morning? Uh, in just a moment, we're going to be um, hearing from and um, affirming the ordination of some deacons here in our church. And if you've never been a part of a service where um, we have ordained uh, people to serve, uh, a deacon is uh, an important role in the church. Our, our deacons are not a board who make decisions that we don't we don't um, we don't add things to it. But our deacons serve a role in Scripture. And and I want to read to you uh, chapter six of Acts, verse one through six, before I introduce uh, these men to you. This is what the Bible says. Now, in these days, when the disciples were increasing in, in, in number, a complaint by Hellenists arose against the Hebrews because their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution. And the twelve summoned the full number of disciples and said, It is not right that we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, brothers, pick out from among you seven men of good repute, full uh, of the Spirit and of wisdom, whom we will appoint to do this duty. Uh, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. And what they said pleased the, the whole gathering. And they chose Stephen, a man full of faith of the Holy Spirit, Philip, Perminius, Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch. And these they set before the apostles and they prayed and they laid, they laid hands on them. Um, in the New Testament, we, we get this picture, and, and at first, I remember reading this before I was uh, ordained to the ministry, thinking, man, you don't have time to wait tables. What, what does that mean? And, and, and I, I had to look deeper into it, kind of past myself, because I started to realize that what, what the Lord was saying here through Paul, through the disciples, was this, was that, that the church has many needs, and God didn't design one person to take care of all of them. Um, Practically, I was thinking over this this week as I um, was prepping for this morning. Um, my mom just moved into a house. She has a very small kitchen, uh, and, and yet we have a very large family. So she wants a table that will seat eight people minimum, but it has to be about 30 inches. And I said, that sounds like a bar. She said, I don't want a bar. I want a table. And uh, Christy, uh, a couple of years ago, bought me a magazine that's called Family Handyman, which was a hint. And... Um, and so my son and I said, hey, we'll, we'll build you a table. And so it's coming along well. I won't show you pictures of it yet because you won't be impressed. But uh, as we're building this table, my mom says to me, uh, my other one was distressed. Like they beat it with chains and stuff. And, and we're talking. I said, well, I could probably do that. She said, well, you don't, you don't have to. I said, well, I did, if you'd want it pretty, do you want it distressed? She says, whatever you want. Moms, y'all know what that means. And so I tried to distress this table. Can I tell you something? God has given me enough gifts to put some wood together, but distressing something to look pretty distressed and not destroyed distressed, those are different, those are different gifts. And so Christy came in and she said, what did you do? I said, well, I distressed it. She's like, well, not really. But I thought, man, as I was preparing for today, when I think of deacons, I don't think of people who would distress the things around me. But I'm reminded that God has gifted me to do some things, and as the pastor, I will be slowed down on doing the things that he's called me to do if I try to do everything that everyone desires of me or if I try to meet every need in the church. 
That's what Acts chapter 6 talks about. That, that basically the church is bigger than just a few men. That God does set apart people to preach the word and to study and to lead the bride spiritually. But he, he sets aside others to lead the bride spiritually through acts of service, through supporting the ministry of the church and guarding the unity of the church. And at its very core, that's what it means to be a deacon. So what I want to do is I want to introduce to you uh, three men that you're going to hear from today. You're going to hear their testimonies and the, a question uh, that each of them will answer so that you can get a glimpse into who they are. Uh, after that time is done, we'll invite their families and our deacon body up, and we'll have a time of prayer uh, during a time of response. Our response won't be normal today. Instead of a response of us moving, it'll be us lifting up uh, these men and their families who are giving their life to serve out in public at a different level um, of, uh, of joy, of leadership, but also of accountability. After church is over, we'll dismiss them ahead of time uh, to the Connection Center. And I would encourage you to go by, shake their hand, hug their neck, give their kiddos a high five, whatever it might be. Um, but as we do this, uh, let's enter into this time with a word of prayer. Would you bow with me? Father God, from this moment on, uh, Lord, we know um, that this is unique. And so, Father, as we hear the testimony of these men that our church fam family have said, uh, here are some people that their reputation uh, and their life aligns with the biblical uh, desires, the biblical mandates uh, of Scripture. And so, Father, I, I praise you that you have stirred our church's heart, Lord, and you've allowed these men uh, to accept this role. Uh, God, and I pray for them today as they share and in the, the months and the years ahead as they serve. Uh, God, we praise you for being a church where it is not about any person but you, but we are all here simply to help carry out a master's plan. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Church, would you welcome Johnny, Zach, and Damien with me this morning, and I'll introduce them more as they get up here. Amen. Come on. Everybody's got their cheat sheets ready, right? good i'm gonna let you hold on to this that means you get to go first in just a moment uh, as we get ready for it making sure i have my cheat sheet out too uh, church just so that you'll know a little bit about these men and our if my back's to you we're gonna try and get you on cameras and things like that um, but being a deacon at first baptist is a process uh, and, and the process actually begins with our church being informed biblically of what it takes to be a deacon um, and, and then putting names in prayerfully that come to our deacon body and our staff. Uh, and, and after the church puts names forward, there are a lot of godly people that, uh, got, that put their name forward. We begin to pray. We begin to pray about the needs that we see in the church that we know we need deacon leadership in. We begin to pray about um, where the family is and where you are in life. And we, we just start to look at a bigger picture. And then we spend a lot of time praying. If you don't know, it was over seven months ago that we began this process. Uh, and once we do that, we send out a short questionnaire. Um, which everybody answers really quick, the short questionnaire. It comes back very quickly. Um, and once they, they reply to that and share some basic things, um, then we send out uh, about a seven-page, uh, not multiple-choice uh, question that covers their, their perspective of doctrine, how they lead their families, what do they think of the Word, uh, how do they come to First Baptist. It just covers everything. And during this time, our deacon body is praying over, over them. And after that time... Um, 
then a deacon couple goes to meet with them uh, again to talk more in depth about it and we call that our deacon interview time after that report back to our deacon body and our staff um, then we enter into a time of prayer and at that point we ask um, these men if they would be willing to serve uh, alongside of that I want you to know when we come together as deacons uh, biblically if a man is married uh, I, I believe wholeheartedly that what God says is true um, that when two become one that we don't tear them apart and so when we ordain people here we ordain men as deacons but we ordain a deacon couple because the wife of a deacon has to also meet a biblical standard and I'm encouraged, but I can tell you all in this room, from your perspective, from our church's uh, leadership perspective, deacon perspective, and Mark's perspective, um, having Damian Hicks, Johnny Gibson, and Zach Lerner sitting up next to me is a privilege for me because they are men of God who, who are married to women of God who are leading their families towards the throne of God. And so that's an encouragement this morning. So glad that you guys are with us here. Um, I know uh, as we talked, as we get ready, there are unique things that you should be bringing to the table. Um, but I want to start by this in church so that you'll know. We'll go in order. Zach, that means you get the microphone last. You'll be following through. <laughs> that's it. Um, but, but in that, um, Damien, would you just share a little bit about yourself? But also, if you would, would you share how you had came to know Christ and how your relationship with Christ has shaped your life? Yeah, sure. So uh, growing up, I had really the ideal Christian situation, right? Everybody in my family is a Christian. And I'm not talking like we go to church on Easter. I'm talking read and pray your Bible daily, serve, tithe, Christians, okay? Um, and so in that, I didn't struggle with not being presented with the faith. Um, I, I did struggle in, uh, through, you know, middle school is a hard time, uh, really doubting the promises of God. And uh, one summer, I think it was 2006, my dad gave me a book, and it's... Um, it's Max Lucado's He Chose the Nails. Mm. And I read the book, and it was right then that it cracked my heart um, when I realized that Jesus on the cross saw my face, and he said, yeah, I'll pay that price. Mm. And so then after that, I don't know how long it was. It was shortly after end of service. We're singing the hymn, I Surrender All. My feet start to move. Uh, the Holy Spirit's presence is heavy on me. Um, and that's the day that I gave my life to Christ. Uh, after that, uh, really, it was just a kind of, I described it as stagnance, looking back um, where I am today. I know that I stayed really a spiritual infant for a while, not really growing in my faith, um, but I can attest to the Lord's faithfulness. Uh, we sang about it this morning. It's like it was planned out, like God knows what he's doing. Um, he stayed with me through high school, through college. I never wandered so far that I was more than a step away. Um, and then we get here in 2016, um, and it's like Miracle Grow got poured on us, and my wife and I just started growing exponentially in our faith, um, and it's just been the entire time a testament to God's faithfulness um, in our lives. Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah you can. Amen. Amen. Damien, one thing that I know about you, it, it was it was fantastic. Damien is. He, he is in the word in a practical manner in the weirdest times, in my opinion. It's so funny when he'll be like, I was listening to a podcast when I was driving. Then, hey, I was out doing this. Or, guys, this just popped up. And, and, and what I know is 
the consistency of Christ's word is your radar is, is up for it as much as anybody as I know. And that's what's saying a lot for, for a young man. Uh, that's, that's incredible in that. And, and what I've gotten to see in that is how your antenna being up for the word has played into the way that you use the word um, in your home, that, that you saturate your home with God's word and use it to raise your family. And so could you just share with our congregation a little bit just some of the ways that the word in your hands as a servant of the Lord is a part of your family household and your rhythm? Yeah, sure. So uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm a middle school band director, um, and so I want you to picture, all right, the first day of school, we get our instruments put together, everybody takes their breath in. What sound do you hear? <laughs> yeah, okay. So you think that, but I hear it, and it's beautiful to me because I've just opened up a realm of possibilities for these kiddos. Okay, I know where they will be if they stick with it in 5, 10, 15 years. And so that's family discipleship for me, mm. okay, with my kids. They're four and two right now. And so I'm not discussing with them how salvation came in the Old Testament. That's not where we are. So we're doing little things with them. And so the first one is prayer. And we, that by myself, my wife and I together, we pray over our kids, right? We're not going to hope our kids into salvation. Um, we have to go to the Lord faithfully um, and ask for that and ask him to draw them near because it's, he's his child. My daughter is the Lord's daughter, not mine. Um, and so the second thing we do is that we model the disciplines that we want our kids to see. So if I want my kid to read his Bible every day, I have to read my Bible every day. If I want him to pray, I have to pray. If I want him to tithe, I have to tithe. If I want him to serve, I have to serve. You get the picture. Um, and so we have to make sure that we are healthy first um, before we can hope that our kids are, right? I'm not going to impart anything to my kid that I, I don't possess. I can't give a gift that I don't own. Um, so the third thing uh, that we do um, is that we pray with our kids um, over anything and everything. My wife is amazing. She drives our kids to school every day, um, spends 45 minutes in the car driving around Pearland, so you've probably seen her. Um, but before she drops the kids off every day, she prays over each of their days, um, specifically for Molly and for Curtis. Every morning she bathes them in prayer. Um, we pray with them over cuts and scrapes, and then importantly, we look for when the cut or scrape is healed. And we go back to God and we give him praise, um, you know, just trying to teach our kids that the Lord listens to us and he's faithful to us and he hears us um, and he provides. Uh, so one of the other things we do is we love Bible verse songs. We're musicians. We love music. So we listen to Bible verse songs. I would tell you my son probably knows 15 or 20 Bible verses by memory. Now, if you tell him, you ask him, what's Isaiah 40 verse 8? He's got no idea. But if you play the song, he'll sing it to you. Um, <laughs> And so music is just a great way for us to just bathe our kids in the word. We play it in the car, we play it at home, on the karaoke mic, everything. Um, and then the big one is we have Bible time every day after dinner. That's what we call it, uh, where we sit down, we read the Bible together, we ask them a few key questions. You know, who's the story about? Abraham, what did, what did he do? Or what did God say? God said, okay, go far away. What did Abraham do? He listened and he obeyed. Great. Um, so then we sing a song uh, of praise the Lord. It's, you know, Jesus loves me, this little light those kinds of things because they're little uh, and then we pray together it's a little mini worship service in our living room five ten minutes after dinner um and like those are just some of the few little practical ways and like you said it's it's all day long right they're two years old and four um if i'm not giving them uh the word of god in the morning and then as a snack and then as lunch and then as a snack and then as dinner it's just gonna it's not gonna be a part of their lives they need it constantly as beginners right 
this is like, if you haven't, Damien's lit up because he has 45 more minutes worth of stuff to talk about. Uh, and, and I'm thankful for that because what you're seeing is authentically who God has designed Damien to be and who he is carrying it out as a, as a life group leader in the church and uh, encouraging through, throughout the week. And so, uh, man, thanks for, for sharing with that, um, for, for, for modeling that. Because um, I know that as you share it, one of the parts of being a deacon is, is not showing the church one day you can, you can be like me, but instead is, hey, let me walk with you the way someone walked with me. Um, and in your home and in your family, uh, it's pretty obvious that the fruit of that relationship and now the way you're leading. So, man, thank you for doing that. So, and I'm going to let you pass it off to Johnny in that. Uh, Johnny Gibson is a, is a great friend, and I would tell your testimony for you because there are certain things about our relationship that I, I'm going to hold till after you're done because I don't want to mess you up and, and take something from you. But, Johnny, would you just share a little bit with the church about um, how you came to know Christ, a little about yourself, and how that shaped who you are? So, first, I was very blessed and thankful that I grew up in a Christian um, home. My, my parents loved the Lord, served the Lord, and um, just being around them and seeing what they did, you know, led me on that path. And then um, also have to give, uh, grew up in New Bethel Baptist Church, Sister Johnson and Sister Pearlie B fed in me and poured into me of, you know, not just the, the things of the Bible, but how that translated into being a young man. And so um, the other thing that really helped me a lot is that we spent most summers and holidays with my grandparents in Phoebe, Mississippi. My grandmother poured and my grandfather poured so much into me, and they explained things on a deeper level. Um, and that's when I really, uh, really learned salvation is when my grandmother sat down to me. She actually took the me part out of me. She explained to me what it was to be a Christian and how we're supposed to be there to help other people, how we're supposed to be there just to be available. And it, it happened, you know, the month of June, if you've ever been in Mississippi in a small town such as Phoebe, uh, it happened during revival. And it's, uh, that revival's, you know, seven days. And I, you know, having that conversation, I walked down in front and for the next seven days, the preacher preached just to me. And so uh, it was... Uh, my it was just a op mind-opening experience and it was just love pouring through because during that week what my grandmother really stressed to me is that baptism is again taking the me out of it is not about me it was about me showing my love for Christ and how that's going to help someone else and during that revival we had several other people come up and sit next to me so um, you know she you know always uh, always there amen amen johnny so a word that that always comes if i were to write down the first word that comes to my mind when i think of johnny gibson um it it's faithfulness i mean i i see that in the story of your family um johnny has two kiddos uh, jonathan i'm not gonna get his age wrong so he is nine nine that's good i was about to make him 11 that's why i didn't do that um and olivia who's in first grade which means seven mm -hmm. uh for her and his beautiful wife latoya um 
and God has allowed your family to expand through adoption. Yes, um, yes. And I remember when you came, we talked about that a little bit. Yeah, that has been one of the greatest blessings that God has bestowed upon my family is that not only that we were giving two beautiful young kids, but we were, we we're stewards of those kids and to put Christ in them and, gr and grow them in Christ. And um, it's just been a it's just been a great great thing yeah. to see them. I mean, we were able to take them home, you know, that second day um, at the hospital, and um, and you know, it's just the wonders, God's prayers being answered, and he he you know he keeps answering those prayers. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So carry that out for me a little bit. So, um, what gifts has the Lord given you to serve Him and? What ways do you delight and enjoy being faithful to him in those gifts, whether in public or at home? Yeah. So, you know, one of the first things that happened to me when I got to uh, First Baptist is that um, I met, met Pastor Mike, and Pastor Mike was doing a spiritual gifts class. And I was like, I'm going to sign up, and I'm going to sit here and lis listen to the spiritual gifts. I took the tests and everything, and it... Uh, came out to be um, um, the gift of mercy and and I was pretty much looking at Pastor Mike like what does this mean <laughs> but as, as you grow as a, as a Christian what you turn to find out is that you are if you have that gift of mercy you're spiritually in tune to people's emotional and spiritual needs and that's one thing that I, I find that in my household and with my friends is that I'm in tune to when they need prayer. I'm always there to encourage, always there to help them. Um, and even, even just meeting people out on the street, you can see the hurt, you can see the pain, and that the most powerful thing you can always do is pray. And, and, that's, and that's what I do. I, I, I have no problem telling someone that I'm going to pray for you. Don't care what the response is. I'm still going to pray for you. And so. Amen. Yeah. And I've seen that faithfulness play itself out in your life. Amen. Amen. Thank you for sharing, church. And you can, you can, it's odd. No one knows when to clap. So you can, it, it's different being up here. So you can clap any, anytime you want to. And that goes to Joey too, if he's in a room. Um, because uh, Zach, his daddy, is up here. Uh, Zach and, and Sarah have been walking with us for quite a while. And so uh, life is often what I think of when I think of the Lerner family, man. It really is. And so I won't tell your story. So, so once again, would you share a little bit about who you are, how you came to know Christ, and how that shaped your life? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I grew up uh, in Katy. Um, I grew up actually in a dual religious household. Um, my, my father uh, practiced Reformed Judaism and my mother um, was a Christian. And so both faith customs were actually practiced um, in, in my household. And uh, my mom's here today and I just wanna tell you, mom, thank you for loving me and uh, you know, radiating that, the love of Christ and, and God. Um, in our household, but um, I was actually being raised uh, in, in the Jewish custom. I was going to synagogue, learn, learning Hebrew, preparing for my bar mitzvah, and 
um, I, again, my parents and, and all their wisdom sent me to a Christian uh, summer camp, and it was there that um, the gospel was um, clearly uh, exemplified for me. It was the old canyon um, drawing, you know, we're on one side of the gulf, um, sin is in the middle, and separating us from God, and, and Jesus is that bridge, and I said, it, you know, the light clicked, um, that that made sense, that, you know, I am a sinner, um, and I need Jesus, and, you know, again, my parents um, were supportive. We started attending a church, and um, throughout, you know, kind of kind of similar to, to, um, to what Damien says, what scripture says, you know, once God has us, he's faithful to keep us. I've always had um, instrumental people in my life who um, have discipled me and, and pushed me and challenged me according to what God's word is, um, and that continues, not least of all, my wife, Sarah, um, who, you know, if you guys know Sarah, she's, she's an incredible lady, and um, again, that's a legacy of, of, of her parents, and um, even her grandparents and, and so on and so forth. And so um, we want to carry that as well, um, not for not for us, but uh, but for Christ. So Yeah, amen, amen. And and remind me, just before we go further, your kiddos, give, me, give them everybody their ages. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, my, my son, my firstborn, Joey. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then my, my two beautiful uh, girls, Melody uh, is six and Bellamy uh, is three. So that bless. is good. Yeah, Joey, I'm glad you're smiling that big. That's good. <laughs> I love it. So, so in that, and even, even Joey, if I if if I would have had a, a popsicle um, in a refrigerator, I would have given it to you because I would have I would have thought like clockwork. I know how Joey. When they say his name, we're gonna have a little fun. Intentionality is something I absolutely think of when I think of your family. Um, I I. I know you're passing down the answers to your kids, so to speak, and they're glad to have it. That it's not, the Lord is not moving by happenstance in the learner home. And sometimes, sometimes it's funny, but many, many times it's, it's potent in a completely different way. And so with, with you, Zach, just what are some ways that you intentionally serve the Lord and, and his bride? What are some ways that the intentionality of your faith just saturates your life? And, and what does it look like? Uh, absolutely. Uh, thank you for the question, Pastor. I, I'm a sinner saved by grace. I'm still figuring it out. But uh, luckily we have God's word. And, um, you know, when you, when you gave us the question, I immediately thought of this passage. Um, intentionality is hard to kind of describe. It's like beauty. Um, that's, that kind of means something different to everybody. Um, but we, we can try and define it by, you know, a flower is beautiful. The sunset is beautiful. And so, again, kind of this pasture, pasture of Scripture um, from Romans 12, verse 4, if you have a Bible, um, really can kind of paint the picture for us of, of what intentional service looks like. So Romans 12, 4, I'll be reading through 18. It says, For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many one in one body in Christ and individually members one of another, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness, let love be without hypocrisy, abhor what is evil, cling to what is good, be devoted to one another in brotherly love, give preference to one another in honor, not lagging behind in diligence, fervence in spirit, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, preserving in tribulation, devoted to prayer, contributing to the needs of the saints, practicing hospitality, blessing those who persecute you, 
bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not be haughty in mind, but associate with the lowly. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Never pay back evil to anyone. Respect what is right in the sight of all men. And if possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Pastor, there's a lot in there of how you can intentionally serve. Um, I counted it up. There's like 15 to 20, depending on if you want to double up some of these things. But I think the unifying factor is, you know, we got to be a part. God's team has no spot on the bench. Um, we all have to be exercising um, the gifts um, that, that God has bestowed upon us. We all have to be active and engaged if, if this body is going to cut against what's out there. Um, and again, that's something we get to do. That's not um, God's purposes. You know, you've said it. God don't need us, you know. But as these guys said with our kids, our kids aren't our own. Our lives are not our own. We were bought. And so I think um, when we exercise these things and we come together and the body is, um, you know, serving itself, there's something, something magnetic about it. And that's the supernatural um, that's the Holy Spirit um, that, that, you know, God has, has gratefully and graciously given to us. Um, and I, I just, you know, there's a, many, a million different ways we can, we can be involved, you know. Again, I'm, I'm talking to myself here. You guys, we've been up here all quarter. Uh, Mike, uh, or, I'm sorry, uh, Pastor Mike was up here saying there's like 50 plus ways we can serve here. Uh, Scott has been saying it. Um, we have the place assessment. If you don't know what the place assessment is, come find me. Find one of these guys. We'll figure out your spiritual gifts. You know, um, more or less, a lot of it may just come down to showing up, getting plugged in, being a part of this family, being engaged. And so, you know, that's what it looks like to be intentional, just effort. And, and that's what God calls of us. And again, that's not something you know, it, it may feel awkward at first. I, you know, there's a great saint, Tony Robbins, right? Uh, he, uh, that's a joke. Um, but he has a great <laughs> quote that says, uh, you know, growth occurs uh, when you get out of your comfort zone. Um, and that goes simultaneously really with something. I, I know these guys have heard me say, um, I, it, the juice is worth the squeeze. Everything we do as human beings, right? Like the juice has to be worth the squeeze. And that squeeze is life, right? Those are the trials and tribulations. We're all somewhere. We're, we all have issues going on. But when you're a Christian, you know that the juice, which is walking in step with God, seeing God's face, understanding that you're right where he wants you to be, that is immeasurably greater than any squeeze we could feel. And so I'm, I'm here talking to myself, uh, encouraging us to, to, to seek the juice. God has so much greater for us than anything we'll come up against. Um, and, and so in that, I think the other part of the question was, how do I exemplify that? I don't do it alone. Uh, my bride over there, um, Sarah, um, <laughs> you know, we've, we've served each other, I think, faithfully. Um, what that service has looked like has changed Im immensely since we've had children, obviously. Um, and, and, you know, I, I shared with you guys earlier, you know, intentional service to me when I was thinking about it personally, what it means is simply putting, putting my bride, my family, and others first. I think that's, and that, that looks weird in this season of life. You know, all, all of us, we have young kids, and so I'm sweeping floors and doing dishes and braiding, not braiding hair, but washing hair. Braiding hair is still mom, so. <laughs> but, you know, these are things that I, I think serving intentionally is going to look different. Um, but again, seek first the kingdom of God and all things we honor him. And so um, effort, getting up, getting engaged, it may be awkward at first, it's worth it. 
it's worth it. Um, And then putting others before ourselves. Amen. 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 Yeah. Thank you. Praise God. So before we came together, uh, our deacons met with these men uh, for an hour. And as we did that, uh, we asked them uh, a lot of questions still and communicated more. And then after they left, we voted what we knew to be true before we ever walked in, is that God had set these men and their families apart. Um, But what was powerful, and, and I hope you are encouraged by it this morning, is that every every man because you guys you're younger than us by a little bit every man said i wish i was walking with the lord that faithfully when i was their age uh and, and i want to let you know uh, church um that we are excited uh, that our deacon body of servants um is being added to today in men whose witnesses uh, are not perfect we know better but they are above reproach and uh, and that testimony that you have shared today has been a potent thing um, I, I would like to do something I'm gonna let you guys stand um, uh, where they where, stay where you are for just a second I'll steal this from you as well um, I'm gonna ask their brides would y'all come and stand with your husbands this morning um, and as we do this um, this is one of the most important parts. Yeah, you can come right up the middle. It's, it, it's y'all, y'all are more important than I am all the time, but including right now in, in doing that. Um, because church, I, I want you to see, um, ooh, apologize. Mm. I just want you to be aware of what God is doing in this place. And, and today we set aside these six people, these three men, to be another avenue for people to fall in love with Jesus through. And so as they come along to serve, I want to invite you to know that that their heart is to protect the unity of the bride. That's us. And I want you to encourage them. If you have more wrinkles or more gray hair than they do, if you love Jesus Christ, use what God has given you to build them up so that when they have wrinkles and gray hair they will be walking more closely with God even than you are now don't set the bar low you run hard after Jesus but you spill everything you can out on them the visible sign of that is going to look like our time of response today so while I'm telling you what's going on let me invite if you are a deacon uh, a deacon couple in our church I want to invite you up to the stage right now to surround these six so as I talk would you walk and you can just surround them and put your hands on them as we talked about what does it look like to visibly express to our church family 
what it is to embrace, to encourage, our staff are as well, to embrace, to encourage, to esteem. There's not a, a better picture than what you're about to see. These men, their beloveds, if they have one standing next to them, they have given their life not to be somebody, but to be nobody. And so our song of response as Omar and the praise team come to lead is also a time of prayer. So here's what you'll experience. These men and women, they're gonna be praying some audibly, some quietly, lifting up these couples to the Lord. Omar and our praise team during that time is going to be leading a song of worship. The invitation for you is one, to allow what you see and hear to draw you close to the throne of God, to worship Him. If that is through singing, then singing. But if it is through prayer, through prayer. because this is a meaningful part of who we are. And behind me is a shallow taste of heaven. So I will start us, and when I'm done praying, I'll ask you to stay where you are. You're allowed to stand, sit, or kneel. And then Omar and the praise team will sing. And then after that, I'll close us in a time of prayer. Would you bow with me? Lord, we love you. Father, we thank you for the testimony of Damien, of Johnny, and of Zach. Lord, through different journeys, you brought them to this place of importance because you have set them apart. But God, Lord, they would say that they are becoming smaller so that you can become greater. So God, as they lead their families, guard the hearts of their children. Let them see and taste the sweetness of who you are in their parents. As they serve your bride in this place, God, would you let our church family be stronger, healthier, more whole because of the sacrifice that they're willing to give. So, Lord, as we enter in this time of prayer, Lord, we lift up these families to you. In Jesus' name.